Hey friends, welcome to Living the KG Life, a Pixie Dust Build podcast. On today's episode, we're going to do a review of the Walt Disney Family Museum and another little surprise. So stick around, it's going to be great. I am so excited for today's review because I have been looking forward to this spot for so, so long. This past week, I was out in San Francisco for a work trip. And of course, while I was out there, I had to add, you know, a little Disney magic into the trip. So I made a stop over at the Walt Disney Family Museum. In a former life, I used to travel to and from Massachusetts and California quite a bit for work and often was in the San Francisco area, and I've actually never done the Walt Disney Family Museum. So I was really excited for this trip. I made sure to extend it out a day, went out and had some fun non-work time, which was really great. And one of the things that was on my must-do list for this trip was the museum. And spoiler alert, I had a really, really great experience at the museum. So I thought this would be a fun episode to just kind of talk about the museum, what's there, where you can find it. I won't give too much away in terms of spoilers because I really think you should go check it out because it really was amazing. And I'll tell you why. So throughout this episode, I'll share a little bit about the museum, what you can find there, and then another fun spot you can hit if you're in that area. So let's start with the museum itself. I'll put a ton of links into the show notes because there's some really great resources for all things around the Walt Disney Family Museum. And on their website, they list their mission as the Walt Disney Family Museum presents an inspirational journey through the life of Walter Elias Disney. Our mission is twofold, to inform present and future generations about the man and through his story, to inspire them to heed their imagination and persevere in pursuing their goals. And when we get to the galleries and kind of when we talk about what's at the museum, I would say they did a really great job with this. And I think a big part of that is because Walt's daughter, Diane, actually is who imagined and completed both the Walt Disney Family Museum as well as the Walt Disney Concert Hall in LA. So there really is so much love that went into this project, not only because of all the love that is out there for Walt Disney, but his daughter actually got to put this all together and really tell his stories, provide so many cool photos and almost like artifacts. That almost sounds like too old of a word to use, but like in history, there are going to be artifacts, right? All these things that were actually Walt's and his family's and really goes back to the actual legacy of the Walt Disney Company, which is super, super cool. And another fun fact about the Walt Disney Family Museum is the area that it's in, in San Francisco, is called the Presidio. And what my Uber driver told me about on the way over there is actually that the Presidio was an active army base until like 1994, which is pretty crazy. So when you go there, it doesn't look like a typical you know, freestanding building type of museum. I wasn't really sure what I was looking for because I had never been before. So it was such a cool area. The building that it's in almost kind of looked like a row of townhouses or dorms, which makes sense because it was army barracks. It gave a whole different, I think, feel to the museum, especially because it was a family museum, right? You don't walk in and it's bright colors, you know, like you would see at, say, Disney World, but it's really truly a step into the history and his life and kind of how it all came together. And I guess the area is actually a national park now, which is pretty cool. So it was so nice and really well-kept. It had kind of like this big quad in the middle. So, I mean, there was big lawn chairs 
upstairs, there was dogs running around, kids playing in the grass. It really was a nice environment and kind of atmosphere for walking into this museum. A couple tips if you're thinking about going, what to expect. Tickets were $25, which for the amount of time that I spent in there and the amount of cool things that were in there, I thought $25 was a very reasonable price. And with each ticket, you got an entry time. So I think mine was like 4 to 4.20. And I will highly suggest if you are planning on going, try to go earlier in the day if you really want to like casually stroll and take your time going through the entire museum. I probably should have done a little bit more work and like research, I guess, leading up to what I was walking into. I kind of wanted to be surprised. I I didn't really want to know too much, but I almost didn't know enough because... As I was walking around, you know, I was taking tons of videos and pictures because it was just, like I said, so, so cool. One of the staff members came over at one point and said, I just want to let you know we're closing in 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, no worries. Thank you so much. And he goes, but you do have nine more galleries, just so you know. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I was not prepared for there to be that much, right? They went into so much detail because there is so much to his story and kind of how it all comes together. So they really did such a great job with this entire museum. So that would be my pro tip having gone in. If you really want to casually stroll or you want to spend a lot of time, there are 10 galleries in this museum. I think they close at like 5.30. So keep that in mind. Give yourself enough time if you want to walk through all the galleries. If you want to stop in the store, just know that going in. Let's talk a little bit about the galleries themselves. Again, I won't give away too much information, but I'll just kind of give you an idea of what's in there because I think that would be really helpful so you can kind of decide if this is exciting to you or not. But like I mentioned, there are 10 galleries and they each had their own kind of title or like their own section so you could kind of understand where in the whole timeline of Walt's life you were in the museum. So the 10 galleries are one, the early beginnings. This talked a lot about Walt's parents and his family, where he grew up, kind of him as a child, and really a huge chunk of his entire life growing up. The second gallery was called The Move to Hollywood, and that was talking about actually what it was like for him to, you guessed it, move to Hollywood and kind of decide what he wanted his career to look like and really how he got started. In The Move to Hollywood, there were a couple kind of key elements big pieces of his story in this gallery. One of them being the Alice Comedies, which was a series about a real girl that was in a cartoon world. And then we also got to see the story of Oswald the Unlucky Rabbit, all the way down through the rights to Oswald, kind of what happened with that whole part of the story. And then all the way to the creation of Mickey Mouse, which was so cool. I was like sharing some photos with people. We got to see the infamous sketch drawings, which are labeled as the earliest known drawings of Mickey Mouse. That was so cool to see. Then we see a little bit more in his story around getting married to Lillian. In the third gallery was called Exploring New Horizons. And what was really cool about this particular gallery, and this is kind of where my animation nerd tendencies come out, it talked about the art of personality animation and where that came from. It talked about how much Walt really loved to experiment with different things. They talked about color and technicolor and how that came to be the invention of storyboarding, which again, as someone who went to art school, we did so much storyboarding all the time. So it was kind of cool to see something that impactful and still happening to this day that was invented at Walt Disney Studios. And then the next gallery was called the Transition into Features. And this is where you'll see a lot of the kind of big things that I think really stick out to people when they think of Walt Disney Animation. And again, just to kind of put it into perspective, there were three very full galleries 
before we even talked about the main kind of like popular Disney animation pieces. So there was so much about his family and his children and his life with Lillian. So much history and storytelling there. And then in this fourth gallery is when we started to see topics like what it was like to work with Walt. And the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and how that all came to be. And then the next gallery, so this is number five. Again, we're only halfway through this entire museum here. It was called New Success and Greater Ambitions. This actually had one of the spots that was, I think, my most favorite. You'll probably see this on my Instagram if it's not already up by now is they had this spot, which was an animator desk with, it looked kind of like a trifold wall, right? There was the desk in between, it had three walls, and all the way wrapped around were these sketches of Pinocchio and the transition of Pinocchio turning into a donkey. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Pinocchio, if you haven't seen it in a long time. But I really love this section because it instantly brought me back to those old animation tours that they used to have at what was then called MGM Studios, now Hollywood Studios. I was like, that is what inspired me to want to learn to draw and continue to learn to draw and eventually go to art school. So that whole spot, I feel like I stood there for like a good five minutes just (laughs) really just watching and looking at that piece as well as the videos that they had playing. And one of the other things that they had throughout the entire gallery was kind of audio pieces and almost looked like an old school like phone receiver you know kind of like you know back in the day where they just kind of hold up the piece and kind of speak into it always reminds me of it's a wonderful life (laughs) that kind of listening piece so they had that you could hear all these different audio clips of whatever that particular part of the exhibit was which was super cool and then also in this new success and greater ambition section they talked about animal anatomy which we know is really big in you know Bambi and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and then has really come through so many other animated features really throughout all of Walt Disney Animation. And then the sixth gallery was called Patriotic Contributions, which was also really interesting. If you haven't seen any of these pieces or kind of the artwork from this era, which was in like the early to mid 40s, which was around when the government actually contracted Disney Studios for military like films and artwork. So kind of like that whole historical aspect was really interesting to see. And then gallery number seven was post-war rebuilding. And that was kind of like the late 40s into the 50s. And I think the most interesting part of that gallery for me was just kind of seeing actual pieces from that time. Walt, I guess, was really into collecting like minis, like miniature things, I guess. So that was really interesting to see kind of like all the different things and types of things that he would collect. And then gallery number eight was called Walt in the Natural World. And hands down, I think the best part of this gallery was the walk between the previous gallery and the next one because it was this beautiful glass wall and you could actually see the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was just such a peaceful, calming walk from one gallery to the next. And then a really cool piece of history was actually right there at the end of the hallway that I was, to be honest, kind of shocked to see was the infamous park bench. So you know I took a picture on the park bench and so they have a little placard written on the wall that says have a seat and it's one of the actual benches from the Griffith Park Carousel which is where a lot of those stories have come from of, you know, when Walt used to bring his daughters to the park, he used to watch them on the carousel and wanted to create a place and really he imagined this place where children and parents could go and have fun together, which a lot of the stories say that that's actually where the idea of Disneyland was born. So that was really cool to see and you can sit on it. It says right on there. So if you go, make sure you sit on the bench and take a picture. And again, the view outside is just absolutely stunning. 
And again, I was there end of the day, so the sun was gonna start to set soon, so it really was a beautiful, beautiful spot. The ninth gallery was called Disneyland and Beyond, and to be honest, I was surprised that it took all the way to the ninth out of 10 galleries to get to Disneyland. So again, just a reminder that there is so much to the story of Walt Disney Studios, Walt Disney Animation, Walt, his life, and kind of how it all really started. You know, they talk about, of course, how much Walt loved trains. They talked about, they talked about really where the idea of Disneyland came from. They had some different models in there so you could see actually what, you know, the vision for Disneyland looked like. They had the infamous video introducing Epcot. It was really, really cool to kind of see the Disneyland, Disney World type of things, which is really a big part of what a lot of us love today about Disney. And then the last gallery was definitely a sad one. Gallery number 10 is called Remembering Walt Disney. And it was definitely a smaller gallery, but it was about the death of Walt Disney in 1966. They showed all different ways that Walt's death was either announced to the public or ways that he was honored after he passed. You know, so many different really sad images of Mickey Mouse and things like that. So that was a really powerful end of the galleries. So across these 10 galleries, they really gave you so much information about, again, his backstory, his life, his family. Of course, there was a lot about his early days in art. They talked about, you know, his different businesses all the way from the Laughogram films to why and how he started to draw and loved cartoons and comic strips. They talked about all the different technology all the way through creating what we know as Walt Disney Studios today. If you haven't heard or seen already, we got to see the story of Mickey Mouse. So many really cool old historical sketches and items that were sold. It talked about the original Mickey Mouse Club and how that all came together kind of all over with all these children. They talked about all the other characters that we know and love today, kind of how they started, their stories, and something that I was actually, I don't know if I was surprised by, but I was actually glad they put a lot of this in, is that they didn't shy away from some of the tough topics either. So they talked about the war, they talked about how Walt enlisted and was part of the Red Cross, they talked about his personal failures, his personal struggles, the company failures, the strikes, the challenges, the hard times that the Disney company in all these different forms have experienced as well. And then there were some interesting stories too of different roles that different people played in some of these failures and challenges as well. So again, I 10 out of 10 recommend check out the Walt Disney Family Museum. There is so much incredible information in there. There's so many cool historical pieces in there. The other thing that I think they do really, really well, and this is always a sign of great galleries and museums, and of course, storytelling, which is gonna be a huge part for Walt Disney, right? Is every gallery and every exhibit was so engaging. They had images, they had sound, they had video. Some of them had different audio elements where you know you could go up, grab that listening piece, hit different buttons here actually from Walt himself or somebody that worked from him or someone in his family and kind of tell all these different stories. They had boards you could read. I mean, and of course, as a learning professional, they hit really all these different learning styles. So you could really walk away from every single gallery and exhibit understanding the message of that gallery. Now, after you go through all 10 galleries, of course, you come out into the gift shop, right? And I will say that was the part that surprised me the most. 
I figured that there was going to be a ton of Walt Disney Family Museum specific merch or items to buy. And there really wasn't as much as I had hoped there would be. I mean, I did like a good three or four laps around the store because I was like, I got to be missing something. They had a ton, ton, ton of books. However, a lot of the books that were in there, I've seen before and I've, you know, contemplated it back and forth over getting them, but you can see them in the Disney parks. You know, some of them you can get on Shop Disney, some of them you can get at your own Barnes and Noble or on Amazon. I was almost looking for like the museum in a book or I don't know, something like that was what I was really looking for and I couldn't find it, but I did make a list of some books that I do want to order that I don't have yet that I could pick up after I left. But of course, I did not leave empty handed. I got an ink and paint department t-shirt with Mickey Mouse on it because of course, had to. And I also got two pins. I got an ink and paint department pin and a Walt Disney Family Museum pin as well. And they did have a couple different versions of the Walt Disney Family Museum pins. So if you're a big pin person, they had the typical logo that you'll see on the website. They had that with a version that was like Mickey's face, I think. So there were definitely plenty of options for if you're a pin or like a keychain person. They had a lot of that stuff as well. One of the staff members who I think was one of the managers came over and was like, if you have any questions, like, or if you want us to ship you anything, give me his business card. He's like, you can send us an email, we'll ship it to you. So that's always good to know too. If either you decide later that you want to get something or if maybe you don't have enough room in your suitcase, I for sure did not have enough room in my suitcase to buy all the books that I was looking at. So lots of options for things to both buy and bring home. And then the second part of this little Friday fun day that I had that I was so excited about is Jimmy told me about the Yoda fountain and how close the Lucasfilm buildings were to the Walt Disney Family Museum. And I had no idea. He was like, you have to make sure you go to the Yoda fountain. I added that on my to-do list and it was so, so cool. So shout out to Jimmy for one, the pro tip and two, making sure I go to see the Yoda fountain. (laughs) And I will also link information about the Yoda fountain down in the show notes so you can check that out as well. If you have not seen it or heard about it before, the Yoda fountain is literally a fountain with Yoda on top. And it actually sits right outside the lobby of Lucasfilm. And it's about a 10 minute walk from the museum. If you go to the Walt Disney Family Museum, please add the Yoda fountain to your list and just kind of like make it part of the day because it was maybe like a 10 minute walk. It was beautiful outside. And in between the Walt Disney Family Museum and then the Yoda Fountain, there's this beautiful spot in the middle. They had like a little campfire spot. They had benches. They had seats. And it had this stunning view of the Golden Gate Bridge and the bay. You could take pictures. There was so many people over there taking, you know, selfies and group pictures. It was really, really nice. So it's a great way to get outside, get some fresh air, see a beautiful view, and then walk over to Yoda. It is, like I said, right outside the Lucasfilm lobby. It, for me, was getting a little bit late, so I did just go kind of take some pictures, take some videos so I can share them with all of you. And again, I'll drop in the show notes a little bit more of like the story of the Yoda fountain. I think it was installed in 2005 and has really become like a symbol for Lucasfilm itself. And it is open to the public, so you can just kind of walk right up. As I walked over, there was a couple that was over there taking pictures. Pictures. And again, I took some pictures, took some videos, and you know, there's people walking in and out just like regular old day at work walking by the Yoda fountain. So it was really pretty cool. I mean, the sculpture of Yoda at the top of this fountain is stunning. It is definitely a really peaceful, great spot to just kind of sit, take in the moment, relax, refresh, recharge. And again, 10 out of 10 recommend. Hop over there, 
You got to see it in person. It is a quote unquote life-size sculpture of Yoda. So it is really a very, very cool spot to make sure you stop at. And that's the scoop. If you are in the San Francisco area for any reason whatsoever, and if you can make the time, if you can add time in there, please go check out both of these spots. The Walt Disney Family Museum, as well as the Yoda Fountain, outside of Lucasfilm, two spots that I am so, so excited that I actually got to go see in person. And to be honest, if I went back up to San Francisco and whoever I was with had not been, and they were a Disney fan and they wanted to go, 10 out of 10, I would go again. It was so great. And again, there was so much to the story. There was so much to see. And the part that I think touched me the most was there were people of all ages in this museum. There were people speaking multiple different languages in this museum. So just seeing and really experiencing the impact that Disney and especially Mickey Mouse has across the globe is really pretty incredible. So if you've got a couple hours, 25 bucks, go check out the Walt Disney Family Museum. I promise you won't regret it. And what is also pretty cool is let's say you're like, KG, I'm not making it out to San Francisco anytime soon, but I do want to see a little bit more of the museum and kind of what they have to offer. Check out the show notes. I linked a bunch of information for the museum and there are different ways you can experience the museum. So they have a virtual tour. There's a podcast. There's videos. You can see some of the exhibits online. You could actually also click through each of the 10 galleries and get kind of like almost a snapshot, a quick overview of what's covered in those galleries. So I mean, they definitely make it pretty easy to get in there, even if you're not in San Francisco, to check out all the great information about Walt Disney. Now, if you have been to the museum, let me know what your thoughts were. Did you enjoy it? What did you think? Tell me all the things. I know when I was there, I had posted a picture on my story and I got quite a few messages from people that were like, oh my gosh, I've been dying to go. This has been a dream of mine. It's on my bucket list. I really want to see it. So if you've been, tell me about your experience. And if you haven't been, tell me why you want to go because I will most likely agree with you (laughs) because it really was pretty incredible. And if you have other places, museums, exhibits, things that you have experienced, things that you enjoyed that were really fun, let me know about those too. I always love to check out things that are either like Disney related, Disney adjacent, that maybe are a little bit different than going to the parks. I love to find all different ways to include that magic in everyday life so that I can come share it with you. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at livingthekglife and that you've subscribed to or follow the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. We have new episodes out every Monday, so stick around. It's going to be great.